coming up to this time. Um, first one being that it's uh, Laity Sunday, and so you definitely want to incorporate more laity into the work of the service. Uh, second thought I had is uh, when it came time to introduce our speaker for today, that there is nobody that can talk about somebody better than that person's mama. I don't know about you all, but when you think about who knows you better than you know yourself, somebody on that list, eventually you're going to get to your mom. So uh, I I voluntold uh, Sister Ann to... uh, introduce the speaker for today, so uh, I I will allow her to do her thing, and then the next voice you will hear will be our laity speaker for today, amen? Amen. Amen. My, 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 my. It is indeed true what they say, it takes a village to raise a child because it took a whole lot of us on this one. Sweet as he can be. We had some good times and falling out and Corey Reed was my spa baby, put it like that. Corey was born September the 30th and uh, he literally ran this church. Him and Reverend, the late Reverend Freddie Shaw. It was a song that they used to sing. um, I feel good, good, good. Every time I think about Jesus, I feel good. So his two little kids will always church be packed. It was two little kids. I don't care where it was at, because Reverend Shaw was, it was wall to wall, all up there. I don't care what kind of shoes you would have on, they would stomp your feet in a choir stand to get up to sing, and he'll say, where are my two children at? Then when we get home, Corey would give us our communion, give us our little sermon. I would be biased if I would say that um, he's the only boy, and I, you know, and I, get, I can't say too much because these girls, they'll get on me. But Corey did some things. I mean, we had to uh, replace the, um, the nice, beautiful frame up there. And when the frame, I heard that ting. I knew exactly who that person was. I was Corey. But he was a lovable young man. He's a lovable father. He's a lovable son. And I know he's a, a, a lovable little brother. He has a sister that calls him the little brother, even though he's much older than she is. But uh, 
He is a good man. And uh, as he said, it takes, he had a good man in his life to help him. And uh, he's here also. But my brothers, they was right there. My sister, my mom, and every one of you church members, I could never would have made it. And I thank God for each one of you. But Corey, I can only say that um, welcome back home. And uh, you will be back. And I ain't taking your name off the road. So, Mama love you. And here he is, Corey. And those who don't know him, get to know him. from this church, so I was born and raised in this church. Uh, as my mom said, I spent a lot of time here, running around here, doing things, learning. <laughs> so I do appreciate everyone for welcoming me back. Uh, my mom, my aunt, uh, where she's actually running around here, my uncles, my parents, my, my dad, Ty, my grandmother, my little sister, uh, friends, and uh, loved ones. And also, uh, I just want to thank, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Good, okay. Um, lastly, but not le least, my family, uh, my wife, Andrea, and my uh, two sons, uh, Corey and Caden. Uh, if some of you recall last year, uh, I did talk about my youngest son who was born uh, almost five months early and was weighed one pound and stayed in the hospital for almost five months. Uh, so just want to let everyone know that he's doing great, growing and, and being big and learning from his big brother, KJ, who you saw up here uh, dancing and uh, clapping. He had a, a joyful time doing that. So uh, again, Pastor, I want to thank you for allowing me to, to uh, be here again today to speak. Uh, so without further ado, uh, we're going to go ahead and get into my presentation to you today. It won't be before you too long, I promise you that. <laughs> so I'm going to be speaking from Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 28. Then we're going to skip to 31 through 32. Luke 15, verse 11 through 28. Then we'll go to 31 through 32. And I will start. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and then squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to the citizen of that country who had sent him to the fields to feed pigs. 
He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against you, sins against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me a, one of your hired men so that we could... I'm sorry. So he, so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to, the father, said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Quick, bring the best robe and put, on, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the oldest son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he, because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. I'm going to skip down to verse 31. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. When I was in college, and even sometimes now, I would call ahead of my scheduled visit to my mother's or grandmother's house and provide a suggestion as to what to cook. If my suggestion was not received well by my mother or aunt, I knew I could get the matriarch of my family, my grandmother, involved in this process. I would use this parable to my benefit and say the prodigal son got a feast upon his return. It's only a fair compromise that I would get the same treatment. That seemed fair to me. One day, my aunt asked me, have I ever read the parts in front of the feast? I answered that I have, but now that I have kids, it's a little different to me. Last year, I told you about how my oldest son came to us and the blessing he is, he is and continues to be. My wife and I had plans of how to raise him up, using our past experiences raising our oldest son. People had told us that no kids are the same, but I don't think we really understood it. My two sons are night and day. Now they have some similarities, but all the expertise that we built up went out the door when my youngest personality really started to set in. It got me thinking, how can two kids raised in the same house, same parents, same rules be this different? KJ is picky about food and, and a fairly light eater. Caden will eat his food and beg for yours. 
when KJ was Caden age, we could take a shower, you could do your hair, and he would be right where you left him. We don't dare do that with Caden unless he is restrained in a high chair or something. <laughs> KJ is very caring and thoughtful about how you feel. Caden is also to some extent, but he rather would do his own thing. Two kids, same household, night and day. Amongst their differences, one thing that we do try to instill in them is values. We don't take it lightly that we are raising what will be men. My job, amongst other things, is to provide my sons with an example of what to do. Amen. Even at their young age, my wife and I are instilling their foundations of their values that they would build their house of life on. Before we had kids, God blessed my family to have a young man in our life that I've known since he was nine. He is now 16 and is a great kid. This young man is an awesome football player. I met him as a coach of his youth football team, and something drew me to him, him and his family. Every summer, I take my time, and I put him through an intense summer training session. During this time, I take every opportunity to sprinkle in life lessons while we're working out. Because of our relationship, I am able to reach all topics and nothing is off base. One of the best things my parents did for me growing up was that we had real conversations. In this day and age, and as young adults, I believe we need not to shy away from those uncomfortable topics as our young men and women need good advice from from, as they face things even my generation didn't have to face until we got older. I tell this young man all the time that you will never have the excuse that you did not know about something. As he gets older, like my sons, that foundation of values will be there for him to stand on as he makes his own decisions. I won't be there a lot of times, but when life comes at him or my sons, I have to believe my lessons and training will. So in reading this parable, it takes a different meaning to, for me than it might for you. This is not an unknown parable. In fact, I learned this, this in Sunday school here. The basic of this parable is the father had two sons that were different. One son stayed with his father and was seemingly content with being just his father's son. The other one wanted to go outside his father's protection and do his own thing. Two sons raised the same with different personalities. Every time I read this, I took forgiveness as a major point and love from one son to another. The great thing about the Bible is that you can always find things that speak to you in it. When I decided to base my presentation on this parable, I had an idea of what I wanted to do. When I prepared to write it, I found a new meaning in it. I get a mix of two things. One, how a man can have two sons, raised the same, and their differences, but how ultimately the values he instills in them wins out. Number two, it confirms to me that the Bible is still the best training manual ever written. My wife and I are big into fitness. We both have some form of fitness training cert certification. To get these certifications, you have to learn and study different training techniques that will stick with the person you are training. One thing I learned is there are pretty 
basic principles to get in shape. Number one, trust in your training. You have to believe that the training you are giving or receiving is the best to get results. Number two, it's going to take time to see results. Despite what you see on commercials, nothing happens overnight. You have to stick to your training and believe in it. Number three, trust your trainer. The person you have put your trust in has that role for a reason. Trust that they will or have trained you for the best results you want to need. Number four, results and achievements vary. Not everyone will see the same results of the training, but you, can, you cannot look around. Focus on your training and your results will become clearer to you. Allow me to take these points and apply them to this parable as we go back to the scripture. Verse 11 says, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. The father could have argued or disagreed to do so, but instead he trusted his values he had instilled in his son and went along with his request. Trust in your training. As I'm working with this young man I mentioned before, I tell him all the time that I'm preparing you for real game experiences. You can't ask your body to do something that you haven't trained it to do. The father trusted his training that he gave his sons and believed that his son would be okay. I am sure he knew that his son would stumble and have some hard times, but he also believed what I've heard many times in my life, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Trust in your training. As a parent, when your kids are away from you, you pray for their covering and, their, and that God protects them. Even when you're busy, at some moment, you pray for their covering. So imagine with me this father who loved his son, not knowing where his son was or if he was okay, praying to God to protect his son. Verse 13 says, The son got all his things together and set for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Here is where I believe we miss a great point. After he had spent everything, the verse says, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. Not sure about you, but I find it quite funny that there was a severe famine in that whole country right after he had squandered his wealth on wild living. Verse 15 says, he went on and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who, spent, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with pots that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. As I mentioned to you, I believe that this father prayed for his son, even though his son was going astray from his training. When my oldest son was a little baby, you could tell him to leave things alone, and he would. Even though we use the same training methods with Caden, we have to allow him to get a little dirty for him to understand what not to do. Two sons, same upbringing. Sometimes you have to get dirty to get back on track. God would allow us to get dirty in order to refocus us back on our training. 
I don't know how much longer after the first encounter of feeding pigs and being hungry it took, but verse 17 says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? My second point, it takes time to see results, but you will see results. Hmm. All right. I believe it did not take him just one time to sit and feed pigs to come to his senses. I believe it took him a while and a lot of cold, hungry nights to come to his senses. But eventually, he came to his senses. Whenever I work someone out, I tell them to start with the weight that I know is comfortable for them. It never fails that they go heavier than what they should. It might be immediately or a little bit later on, but eventually they realize that this was not the best choice for me. We don't always make the right choices, but if the foundation is right, you will get back to your senses. It might take you some time to see results, but you will see results. As we read further, he got the grand idea that, we, that he would get back and go to his father and repent for his sins and ask to be made a hired servant so he didn't have to feed the pigs and be hungry. Verse 20. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Before I go to my, my third point, I want to spend a few uh, minutes on the last thing of compassion. I play this little game with my sons where I ask them maybe five to six times, do you love me? Do you know I love you? Even though I know the answer, I just want them to know that, that I love them. They may get frustrated, but I keep asking them just to instill in them that I love them and they know that I love them. I may tell them to stop and sit down and not to do that, but it's coming from a place of love. I truly believe that if we show our younger generation some compassion, that icy shell that they have will be thawed. I coached another young man who tried to commit suicide, and his mother brought him to me. At that time, I was still young myself. The only thing I could do is hug him and tell him that I loved him and that other people loved him. No lecture, I just wanted to show him and let him know that I had compassion from him, for him. My third point, trust in your trainer. When I'm training the young man I mentioned before, a good bit of our time is spent on trying, on, on telling him to, on why he needs to do something. After we get through the point where he just does it, after the workout, he usually agrees with my methods. I tell him all the time, I am not going to lead you wrong. I would not put my time into creating a workout if I did not care about you. As a Christian, we must continue to trust the training manual from the ultimate trainer. It might be difficult to follow, but in the end, God knows what issues would occur or incur and what we must do in order to live the life he wants. By all accounts, his father was a good father. Being such, he always worried about his son. I mentioned earlier about praying for your kids, and I believe he did the same. 
before he could even get to his, to his father's house, his father would not allow him to even beg to be a servant. All of those prayers for his son and worrying for his well-being came out in his emotional reaction. The father had to trust in his trainer, God, that things will work out. My last point, results and achievements vary. Meanwhile, the older son, verse 25, meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he, said, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. Skipping to verse 31. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because your brother of ours was dead and is alive. Again, he was lost and is found. The brother made a mistake of judging the result of his brother coming home as to somehow lessen his own status with his, brother, with his father. The father told him to not get blinded by the one calf and not see everything else around him. The result of his brother coming home had no correlation to his own achievements with his father. One thing I found in working out is that, that not everyone sees the same results. People may lose weight faster than the next person, but it does not mean your training or trainer is bad. Don't let someone else's blessing dictate your beliefs. Mm. All right. Your blessing or deliverance depends on you following and leaning on your training. Results and achievements vary. One thing my boys have in common is that they like to try things on their own. As a parent, it's both exciting and scary, and scary because I care about their well-being. What's comforting to me is that if in their process of exploring, things get a little uneasy, they're quick to run and ask for their mommy and daddy. They know where their foundation is. My grandmother would always have these little chats with me once I reached a certain milestone in life. I remember when I left for college, she told me we needed to talk. She reminded me of my upbringing and what I was going to college for. The most important thing she told me was I needed to really depend on God for my guidance. She told me, yes, we will pray for you, but you need to learn to pray for yourself. No matter if I detoured from the path, my training was right and led me back to where I needed to be. I might have gotten a little dirty, but I've always saw results from my training. No matter the latest fad I encountered, I always trusted in my trainer that I had grown a relationship with. No matter what I saw around me, I knew that if I continued to trust in my training, I would see results of my work. That's the foundation I'm laying down for my sons and the training plans I give to this young man. I am proof that if the foundation is right, Whatever you build on top of it has to last. Thank you. Amen. Thank you.